Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, where today's brightest minds in the medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge, direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies. Hello, it's John Spear, co-founder of Greenlight.Guru and the VP of Quality and Regulatory. Today, we have uh, an exciting episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast. With me, I have Sarah Nab. Sarah is one of the co-founders, and she's also the Marketing and Quality Director for Sandstone Diagnostics. Sarah, give everybody a big hello and let everyone know what you've been up to and and a little bit about yourself and, and a little bit about Sandstone Diagnostics. Sure. So, uh, Sandstone started in uh, June, July of 2012, um, and we are a, a medical device company uh, making consumer wellness products, really focusing on giving consumers improved information about their health. Uh, so we focus primarily on uh, developing diagnostics that can be delivered uh, to consumers over the counter or through their physician. Um, and giving people good feedback about their health. Um, and we, you know, accompany these diagnostics with uh, apps and um, information that will help them to better understand the health conditions uh, connected. So our very first device is TRAC. And TRAC is an over-the-counter test for male fertility. So it will measure uh, basically uh, semen parameters, uh, the first of which will be sperm concentration and will provide men with feedback about their fertility and how to improve their fertility. And um, our app will give them kind of customized, personalized feedback on uh, how, to, how to improve it, so. Okay, that's, that's well, I, yeah, that's, that's a, just a little bit. You guys have been pretty busy. Um, I've got a, a few things I wanna throw your way today, uh, but before we get into some of those specific details, I, I know our audience is, they're very hungry to learn from, from fellow entrepreneurs and, and med device startups. But before we get into that, I, I want you to think real hard about uh, one tip. I want to, I like to give everybody kind of a, a little bit of a tidbit at the beginning of our podcast, but one tip, one thing that uh, you can share with a medical device startup that they need to know as they, they start their venture. Um, it's gonna be harder than you think it is. <laughs> so, so just so you, to be harder. You thought it was gonna be easy? Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, you think it's gonna be hard and it's gonna be freaking harder still. <laughs> right. so, so you've been at this for a few years. So that, the fact that you've persevered this long, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you found a big pile of money somewhere to, to make this all happen, right? Uh, a big pile is relative, Bob. <laughs> it's enough to do what we got to do for you know each each moment. I mean, I think I think the reality is medical devices are expensive for a reason. There's a lot that goes into making them, and and a lot um, of surrounding infrastructure, organizational structure that needs to support them. And so, um, I think as a startup, you're always having to do things leaner than what really would be ideal. And so finding ways to do that with the with the money that you have in hand when you're first starting out, that's prototyping. And then when you're you're starting to get to clinical, that's more scaling type stuff. Um, but, you know, the reality is medical devices are physical products and, and the startup world is really, um, 
you know, most of the advice is tailored to software, um, which is a lot easier to do lean, although, as you know, not not still, it's still a challenge to do it lean, but when you have a hardware piece, you're, you're dealing with like things like manufacturing and that's much more uh, costly and time, you know, there's a lot more time. Sure. I, I'm, tell me if I, if I ask too uh, many personal questions or if I, if I cross a line, I'm, I'm sure you'll set me straight. Um, of course. <laughs> this is a business firm, so I mean, it, it gets personal all the time. <laughs> Well, I just, I just, I mean, you're a co-founder, and and I can understand why. Uh, um, and I guess a male it seems like more of a male problem the the you know the product that, the problem that your product solves. And I guess I'm curious, uh, how did how did who who lured you into this venture, and and uh, how did you you know, really get kind of hooked into this? So that's kind of a funny story. Um, so our main uh, inventor is my husband, and. Um, I was actually pregnant at the time when we started the company and right. it was uh, the platform was uh, very um, flexible so it's a platform that could do a lot of different kinds of tests um, primarily different types of cell counts and uh, amino assays and so I said oh let's for investors let's do a pregnancy test because that's the most common amino assay done I'm pregnant you're not we could do it it would be proof it would be easy to do and so it got him thinking about our own journey to conception and I had some issues um, so you know we were brainstorming a little bit about that and and he said hey what about a sperm counter and I thought <laughs> oh my god you're ridiculous like this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard right but then when I started to research it lo and behold male fertility is a very big problem it's very not talked about um, and and it, it really is a, a good um, a good product to bring to consumers who are really struggling with this um, and so we started into the venture of counting sperm, yeah. <laughs> and I learned a lot about it. And um, I'm actually deeply now very, very passionate about getting the information out to consumers and um, helping people on this journey because it's right. it's a uh, it's a big thing. Because it's a real problem. I mean, it's not like you just went looking for some sort of cool technology and trying to find some sort of, of clinical need to force it into. I mean, this is a real clinical problem. It really is. And, um, you know, I think it, it's a private matter that people want to know about um, and they want to know about it on their own terms. So, um, one, clinical testing um, is they don't do it very often because, you know, you have to go in, you have to do it. The test isn't that great. You're having to count sperm on a microscope manually in most cases. Um, and so the actual state of the art of sperm counting is is rather um, archaic. Uh, and uh, and I just have a picture of, of a person like um, under a microscope, like you know, counting one, two. You know, I mean, it's it is exactly that. Like, <laughs> and you know, it's an issue in the clinical trial, which is like a whole nother thing. But like, people are counting sperm, and eyesight actually matters, right? How good someone's eyes are looking under that microscope really will determine your sperm count, okay. you know, so that's, that's a thing. Um, but you know, the, the other thing is that sperm counts are not static. It's a, it's a parameter of your health that's fluctuating based on how good you're taking care of yourself. And so if you're kind of the average guy and you start to get stressed out at work, start eating less healthy and stop exercising, your sperm count's going to drop. And you know, that, that's a reflection of your health. And so, 
empowerment here is saying, look, you can do things to improve this and you're going to want to monitor that because if you're, if you're trying to lose weight and you don't have a scale, how are you going to know if your product mm -hmm. progress is going right? Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. If, if you're trying to have a baby and you're trying to improve your fertility, then you need that feedback to know if you're, what you're doing is helping or not. Yeah. So, so I can imagine, you know, from a, from a, a macho male point of view that, that uh, admitting that uh, you may have a low sperm count may not be the mo most masculine sounding thing that, that I could admit. Uh, so I, I can imagine that, uh, that it is a, a secret private matter. But it's interesting to me how you know, just uh, over the past, I guess we've known each other now for uh, just, what, about nine months or so, give or take. And it's interesting, mm -hmm. that I've had a chance to talk with you and, and Greg and, and many others from, from your team. You guys are having a great time. Uh, yeah, time. we are. I mean, just look at uh, yeah, for. I mean, you own the domain name don'tcookyourballs.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we certainly do. We have a lot of fun. I mean, this is a condition for which I think it takes a little bit of. Um, it, there's a need there to create safety. And for a lot of men, humor is a safe place, right? It's a way to like brush it off, but then like be serious again. And so giving that little room of humor um, uh, can build trust and it can um, make the conversation approachable. So that's one thing. I mean, but then as a team, like we're do work, we count sperm every day. So like we have to have fun with it. There was one story. I mean, I didn't ask for the details, and I'm uh, don't mishear me. I'm not asking for the details now. But you you mentioned something about you uh, to prepare for the clinical study. You needed a bunch of people to to volunteer sperm samples, and um, and you were just uh, I think you were on the phone with uh, maybe it was Tiffany that day. The two of you on, were in the background, just like giggling like little girls when 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 we talked about that. But but I can imagine that the humor that that you guys inject into the, into this makes it a, a lot more for if I'm a male that has this sort of issue that your your product helps address and helps me uh, solve and, and mitigate and fix. I can imagine seeing your humor, your light side makes it very disarming and makes it uh, a lot more approachable for me to, to come up and say, hey, Sarah, I've got a problem. Um, I'll give you a sperm sample if you need one, right? Yeah, 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 I think so. I mean, I have found that it's been this delicate mix of like, humor and then non-judgmental like it's okay and i'm safe and this is okay and i care about this and i care about your health and i care about you as a human being and i think that is a culture that's um it, it's pervasive in our organization so all of our staff just um have really embraced the um both the like the absurdness that we like to talk about testicles every single day at work and like you know there's just like a you know we have like all the words for balls that we use and like just like ongoing right it's just like they write themselves the jokes but then there's also like this point of like this is a man's health and this is um it's it's essential to his madness and um a respect for that and a respect that no one else takes it seriously. No one else is out there advocating for men. Men don't go to doctors, men don't get treatment. Um, and so what we're doing is really quite revolutionary in that we are providing a tool for men to talk and think about their health, which is not being done. Right. And, and 
you know, I don't know a ton about your product. Uh, I, you and I have an opportunity to share a little bit. I've, I've, you were sharing some, some images with me a little bit earlier. And of course, you can go to uh, sandstonediagnostics.com, uh, all spelled out, no hyphens or anything like that, or don'tcookyourballs.com. Uh, that's probably the one that's easier to remember. But uh, to see a little bit more about your product, but it's a, it's an over the, correct me where I'm wrong, but it's an over-the-counter product that a man can use uh, eventually in the privacy of his own home. I mean, once you get through some of your trials and, and other mm -hmm. tests, is that correct? Yeah, so it's uh, it's basically like a little mini centrifuge, which is kind of interesting. Right. It makes it a little bit of a gadget. Um, you can, uh, basically a man will be able to add a, a semen sample to a little disposable, and that will load onto the centrifuge, it will spin it, and basically the spinning motion is going to isolate the sperm cells, and visually you'll be able to read it out like a thermometer, the height of the of the this white column that'll appear will be the the number will correlate with the number of sperm cells and so um you know that's what we're taking through trials right now um and the goal eventually is to develop additional tests that would be able to add on to that so being able to see how well the sperm swim or um measure the volume of the semen which is also something that men are fairly interested in um and also has a, a contributes to the fertility um, too. So those are uh, additional things, but you know, step by step, the FDA is not um, the f easiest uh, <laughs> body to work with. But um, you know, step by step, we're gonna we're gonna work on bringing those things out to to people. Right, right, and it's all because you found that pile of money once upon a time. <laughs> um, which, <laughs> yeah. All right. So so. Um, You've been at this for a while. I, I know you, it's, some of it's been baptism by fire. Some of it's been uh, easier. Um, well, I speculate there have been some things that have been a little bit easier than maybe you thought, and a whole heck of a lot of things, as you said from the beginning, been a lot uh, harder and maybe take a lot longer than you thought. Uh, now let's get into a couple of details, and, and of course, share what what you're willing and able to do so. But today, what do you what would you say has been your single biggest challenge? Has it been something to do with the product design? Has it been something to do with manufacturing? Is it more about the quality system and regulations? Or is there something else that comes to mind? Um, well, you know, that's, it was a tough question. I've been thinking about this. And I think, I think it's kind of hand in hand. I think the regulatory, first of all, thanks to you, quality systems is not on the list. Quality systems is relatively straightforward, and I think that was one thing that was surprisingly easier like than I had anticipated. I was expecting it to be kind of a bear. Um, the I think the harder things have been manufacturing um, and regulatory and um, dealing with investors a little bit um, because we're skirting a line here. Like the classic medical device is very straightforward. You're selling to doctors or you're selling to hospitals or whatever. There's known models, there's known things. When you're talking about a consumer product, that gets a little bit more like, okay, this is a consumer thing, you have to have consumer marketing, et cetera. And the investors who invest in consumer are afraid of FDA and investors that are investing in kind of FDA regulated products are not very friendly or, or used to dealing with consumers. Um, so I think that's been a challenge for us in, in terms of how do we present ourselves to the investor community. Um, on the nuts and bolts side, I think the combination of the regulatory um, just 
the bars that the FDA has thrown at us and some of the things that they that they want to see, I think have been more challenging than we anticipated and more challenging than a lot of our predicates have had to do. So that's been, you know, a, a thing, a mountain to climb. And, and manufacturing, um, I think every business has to deal with figuring out with what exactly are um, the critical things. And I think that's just an ongoing process in your prototypes. You know, it's one set of issues. And then when you're starting to scale, that's a whole nother set of issues. And um, so, yeah, I think I think both of those have been our, our biggest challenges. Well, I mean, it's it's been a real um, pleasure and, and I've enjoyed the opportunity to get to know you and, and others from the Sandstone team over the past several months. Uh, it's it's clear that that you all have a can do attitude. Um, you all seem to, for the most part, I'm sure there are days that maybe, uh, maybe I'm catching you on good moments, but for the most part, you all seem to get along or get along well enough to realize you're all in this together. You have a common cause and, and, um, when you all work together that you can accomplish some pretty significant things. Uh, I know when, when you and I first started talking, you know, you mentioned that from a design control quality system risk management standpoint that across the board the team was relatively green um, but you I haven't seen that so what what is your trick what is what is really making things easier from a design control a quality system risk management regulatory standpoint because it may be tough according to what you're saying but I'm, I'm not seeing that so so give, give everyone out there your secret sauce <laughs> secret sauce is is it green waffles Every problem with everything you have when it comes. I think, I mean, I think, um, I mean, one thing that's really been incredible for us is we, from the get-go, have said, okay, we have to be lean, uh, and, and we focused on being lean from the very beginning, and what can we do right now with the resources that we have right now? Um, and we've also kind of adopted a lot of the learnings from the software industry. So we're an agile team. We do scrum. Um, we've had to adapt it because, you know, manufacturing timeframes are not two week sprints. <laughs> manufacturing timeframes are, you know, a couple months. So we have had to use kind of traditional tools like ganting and, um, you know, trying to figure out what our, um, you know, our critical path is and all those things to keep timeline on track. But we've really been laser focused and saying, okay, if this is our critical timeline, then we need to attack this problem in this sprint and really focus our team around that. We've also really um, put a premium on learning within our organization. And so everyone in our team is fairly green, fairly young. Um, but we've said, okay, we're going to learn this and we're going to figure out what we need to know. And we've had a flexible team for that. So, you know, we've been able to take our marketing staff and help have them help in the lab. Um, our lab staff has come and helped in, uh, on some of our consumer stuff and gone to trade shows. And because of that, we have a lot of um, learn, learning that happens. And so a lot more understanding about the condition in terms of the technical teams, you know, what does the consumer need? And that gives them more feedback about what can we do to make the product better? And then the marketing team understanding the technical challenges. And I think these are things that are fairly unique in our organization. I mean, it's, um, like I said, it's, it, I look forward to continuing to work with you and, and the Sandstone team. I know you're, you're just on that, that very cusp of some super exciting things that are happening. Uh, I wanna thank you for your willingness to participate with me on the Global Medical Device Podcast today. 
And um, any parting words before before we uh, move on to? I mean, you probably have three more clinical studies to wrap up this afternoon, and a, and a couple of new uh, uh, risk assessments to do um, yet today. So, any any parting words for for our audience? I would say, I mean, my last parting words would be. Um, know your customer and love your customer. This, the thing that you're going to put your whole heart into making and your whole energy, you need to have a reason to do it. And um, the better you can understand the needs of your customer, the better the product you're going to make and the more inspiration and um, perseverance you're going to have because you're going to understand exactly what problem you're solving. That's really, really well said. And um, speaking of knowing your customer, Sarah, uh, did you hear that Greenlight.Guru has a new, a new feature and it's called risk <laughs> management? And I'm so excited. Risk is something that's been a long time coming. So it just came out today. Um, I look forward to you having a chance to play around with it uh, when the time is right and, and chatting about that. But again, thank you for participating in this, in this podcast and uh, look forward to hearing more about the adventures of Sandstone and Sarah and, and all your colleagues there. Again, visit Sarah Nab. You can find her on LinkedIn. Uh, she has this wonderful picture of her riding a giant sperm. Yes, you heard me correct. She's riding a giant sperm. And you can check out Sandstone Diagnostics. Uh, a couple places, the easiest URL to remember ever is don'tcookyourballs.com. Uh, you can go to sandstonediagnostics.com as well. My name is John Spear, and I'm the founder of Greenlight.Guru, and you've been listening to the Global Medical Device Podcast.